Hello friends! It's your old pal Aria Hawani back with another edition of DC and Hawani. We got a lot to discuss. I know I say that every week, but we got to talk about Robert Whitaker. We got to talk about UFC 261. We got to talk about Jake Paul versus Ben Askren and a whole lot more. So stay tuned for all of that. But first, I do want to tell you about a couple of things before we get into the actual show. As you know, the NFL draft is coming up. It goes down next week in Cleveland. And you need to go to ESPN Radio's coverage of the NFL Draft for all the 411, as the kids say. And in particular, check out Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Zubin. Check out their show weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern, bringing you insights from a former NFL number one pick himself, the great Keyshawn Johnson, also with Jay Williams, former, I think it was number two pick in the NBA Draft, and the prolific Zubin Mahenti. KJZ is also available as a podcast after each show as well, so check it out. Also, baseball is back, and so are your favorite teams and players. Catch the best of the bigs all season on ESPN Plus with over 170 live MLB games featuring every star and every team in the league. Sign up now at ESPNPlus.com slash baseball. All right, on to today's show, and as always, listener discretion is advised. Enjoy. Now making their way to the microphone, DC and Helwani. You know, I had the classic lays, dog. John what? Those are so bland. I love them. My kids love them. Hey, we we fancy a salty chip in the Cormier mm. house. Here's Daniel Cormier and Ariel Helwani. Back in your life on this third week of April 2021. Hello again, everyone. Welcome back to a brand new edition of DC and Helwani, your favorite Monday show. Of course, that's DC, Daniel Cormier. I'm Helwani, Ariel Helwani. DC clearly not in the same locale as he usually is, but it's a familiar locale. Dare I say Lafayette, Louisiana? Yes, the beautiful city of Lafayette, Louisiana. I'm old. Uh, I've got a bit of an event to go to this week. Mm. Before I head to Jacksonville, nothing. What's small that? little soiree? Tell uh, us about it. Tell us about small it. Little soiree in the capital of the great state of Louisiana. Um, a it's a, a an event reserved for kings. Mm. You know, and I I will be in this event on tomorrow evening. Uh, would you care to share what that event is? No, I mean I feel like you're you're halfway there. You might as well close the deal. Let us know. Is it is it the uh, the Hall of Fame that you yes, once told us yes, about? Yes, okay. yes, yes. I am getting inducted into the Louisiana High School Sports Hall of Fame. Uh, you know, Kings last forever. You know, and I will be inducted there tomorrow with Peyton Manning, Eli wow. Manning, Marcus Pierce, Swagoo, Ed Reed. Uh, the great raging Cajun quarterback, Jake DeLome, Super Bowl quarterback. So, um, yeah, uh, what may be the greatest sports class in Louisiana history, I, Daniel Cormier, Dustin, hear me as I say this, my friend, I, Daniel Cormier, the king, the king of Lafayette, Louisiana, is going into the Hall of Fame. So, hey, uh, everybody, bow your head and pay homage. To the man. You know what I'm saying, Ariel? So, yes, I will go and I will sit amongst the kings of the great state of Louisiana forever after tomorrow night. I still don't understand. Dustin, I love you. Dustin, I love you, my friend. But I think now, you know, we all. 
still don't understand. And by the way, uh, you failed to mention the most notable uh, inductee. Of course, the captain. Well, how's the, team. Reed, the captain? How's the captain just going in today? I don't understand. Well, so, uh, I was just about to say that. Willis <laughs> Reed was in high school in like 1950. What are we talking about here? The captain's just they just start this Hall of Fame? I still don't get it. Are yeah. all those people going to be there, by the way? Or is yeah, this? Yeah, uh, yeah, yes. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Yes. It was what a gathering. There. What a massive. gathering. It's well, a massive. It is the highest honor you can get in our great state. Yeah. And I'm so proud to be a part of it. Well, well-deserved. I'm a little jealous that you'll be among those kings. By the way, what's going on over there in Lafayette? Isn't that like something that you have for Christmas in back of you? Like, that seems very festive. My sister put a, no, she just loves the United States of America. Oh, okay. Like, right. She loves the USA, bro. I mean, it's all red, white, and blue. Hey, bro, don't talk about Felicia Cormier. She's no, your biggest fan. She's I love your Felicia. biggest fan. If you lose her, you have nobody. If you lose Felicia, you have nobody. So you better be careful with her life mantle decorations because she puts a lot of effort into it well it looks lovely uh congratulations to you on the induction you may have heard matcha hey happy birthday to matcha my dog three yeah, look at three that. years old today i mean this I, is crazy I, because i remember a time whenever you were completely against getting matcha i know like, you did not want matcha and now you're like i'm walking my dog i'm like bro wait what happened no no, no. i'm i'm the most in love with her like i will tell us you know the family we need to get home just so i can see her and feel bad for her. This was and never the case. This wasn't no. the case, though. I fought this. Like, this was, you like, almost this. the end of my marriage, yes, this dog. You fought this tooth and nail. You did not yes. want this. And, and now listen, look at me. My great friend. My great friend. Mrs. Helwani. Yes. <laughs> Mrs. Helwani got Jacqueline. Jacqueline! She won <laughs> the argument and looked and made you happy again. Again. Happy birthday, Matcha. You know, it also makes me happy. Uh, National Hanging Out Day. You know, a happy National Hanging Out Day to you and yours. Here we are hanging out. Uh, 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 you know, very fitting that you're wearing that hat, DC. It's amazing how the stars align on this program. You are wearing a Gilroy wrestling hat. And guess what today is? Guess what? What is Gilroy? What is Gilroy? Capital World. Today is National Garlic Day. How about that? And you're not even there. Get out of here. It is National Amaretto Day. National North Dakota Day. I wish we were doing this on April 20th. National Lookalike Day. A lot of people say uh, we look alike. I'm a bean. <laughs> Respect Day. But most importantly, you know what, DC? I, I failed to mention this last week, and I do want to mention it on today's program. Uh, a, a, a Ramadan Mubarak, I believe, to all our friends yes, all across yes. the world. I failed all to of mention. our friends, yes. yes. My, all the my breath. brothers, all my Dagestani brothers are celebrating right now. So, yes, very, very big. Uh, celebration in their religion so happy ramadan and and also happy bicycle day you know i don't know how to ride a bike i'm 38 years old i've Come never on. i have never Come yes, on. i have never Come rode on. a bike in my You're life lying. i cannot ride a, bike. ride a bicycle i do not know i have tried oh, throughout my entire God. life today's bicycle oh, day and and one of the big reasons why i'm such a big fan of peloton all of a sudden i love my peloton because i finally can sort of understand why people enjoy riding bikes. I can't do it. My eight-year-old, my seven-year-old, my four-year-old can ride a bike. So who teaches them? Uh, Mrs. Hawani, <laughs> the aforementioned, the aforementioned. <laughs> so now Jacqueline's just doing everything. What are well, you doing? Today's bicycle for? day. What, hosting this program. Ride a bicycle. I can't ride a bicycle. I'm sorry. Come on, Ariel. 38, turning 39 in July. Ariel, and I still on, cannot ride a bicycle. I wish I could, but alas, I'll I can't. I'll ride a bike, man. Yeah, I can't wait. I'll teach you. Sell that to ESPN+. Plus. As soon as I start pushing you, like when you get ready to go, I'm going to just push your ass down. 
All right. Speaking of uh, pushing, I don't know if that's a good transition or not, but let's get into uh, this past weekend because there's a lot to get to, my friend. Of course, UFC 261, uh, you will be there in Jacksonville. You're a little closer than you usually are. You know, you're going from Northern California to Lafayette to Florida, so it all makes sense. But let's let's give last weekend its due and let's start with Bobby Knuckles, the former UFC middleweight champion. You know, around five or six weeks ago, we had a situation where it looked like there was this tournament brewing, yep. right? And we had Derek Brunson with the big win over Kevin Holland. We had Marvin Vittori versus Darren Till. Unfortunately, Darren Till breaks his collarbone, so he's out. In walks in, Kevin Holland again, Marvin Torrey wins. And then at the very end, we were going to have Robert Whitaker versus Paulo Costa. Costa's sick, and we get the fight we were supposed to get two years ago, and that's Robert Whitaker versus Kevin Gaslam. And in the end, it was the last fight of that little tournament that sealed the deal because there is no denying, in my opinion, and I want to get your take, after all of that, that Robert Whitaker is the number one contender at 185. You could have made a case after the win over Jared Cannonier that he was the number one contender, but we need to get Israel Asanya versus Robert Whitaker too. This is no debate, right? This is a case closed. This is 100% fact. Whitaker out of Asanya too. After the win on Saturday, five rounds to none, he pitched a shutout. It has to be this, right? It's over. It's over. I mean, it should have been a wrap after Cannoneer, like you said. But it's completely over now. There's no question who deserves the title shot. And Marvin Vittori understood that after watching the fight. Because when he did that interview and said, hey, a lot of people talk like he don't want the fight. Marvin Vittori is trying to call back to the summer. Yeah. right? We made a whole bunch. Remember in the summer, we made a lot about when Rob kept saying, ah, title fight comes, whatever, whatever, whatever. And then after the fight, Rob was like, wait, I do want a title fight. We had kind of taken what he said out of context, right? Marvin tried to call back to that. He tried to reintroduce that into the story. And that's not the case. Whitaker's like, no, 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 I get what you're doing, but I want my title fight. And after that performance, after how he has looked since losing the title, he's literally one B. He literally shows that if Edesanya is one A, he is one B, and then maybe he can beat him in a rematch because he has actually gotten better. And when you look at these fights and you watch a guy get beat and the way Rob got beat, you wonder what he's changed. He's changed a lot from his wrestling transitions to his striking looks as good as it always has. His cardio looks fan. I mean, we always have known that he's very, very good. But to me, he seems like a better version of Robert Whitaker, even when he was the champion defending the belt against guys over and over again. So, yes, it's time for a rematch. Izzy, it's time to give this man what he has earned. He did not sit on the sideline like a lot of us do after we lost our belts. I sat until Stipe fought me again. Stipe, Stipe sat until I fought him again. Many people sit and wait for another title fight. Robert Whitaker has answered the call. He didn't sit and wait. He went out and proved to you that he is that guy. So it's time to pay him up, man. It's time to pay up. Adesanya versus Whitaker, too, is the fight that needs to happen. And it needs to happen next. Loved what you said on the back end there. Agree with everything that you said. But it's so funny because here we have this weekend a situation where Masvidal sat, where Colby's yeah, trying to sit after just one fight. It's just, crazy, right? The people we talked about before were champions that lost and sat. Yeah. Masvidal sat as the challenger yep. and still got a rematch. This dude was the champ. Was, yes, he yes. went and he went and earned it again. He didn't say, 
Well, I've defended the belt so many times. I deserve this. He went and earned it again. And it's time to pay up, man. You got to get that man in this fight. So he deserves credit, in my opinion, for three things. Number one, that for being active, for the wins, Darren Till, Jared Cannonier, Kelvin Gaslam, like the best of the best at 185. And yes, he didn't get any finishes there, but like he was very dominant and looked tremendous in every one of those fights. And, you know, he also does, deserves credit, in my opinion. He was a little bit snake bitten while champion, right? All kinds of bad luck, right? Like collapsed, bow, all that stuff. In the midst of this pandemic, DC, since July, this guy has now fought three times since July. That's like that's like a nine-month stretch. This guy's fought three times. That's unheard of in this day and age for a top contender, right? He deserves credit for that. He deserves credit for not complaining. And you know what else he deserves credit for, DC? This is a guy who was open about mental health issues. This is a guy who was open about feeling burnt out, about feeling depressed. He seems to be in a great spot. I mean, like he is unflappable when it comes to the trash talk. He does it with a smile. He is so likable. Like Robert Whitaker is really a testament to the sport. He is the best the sport has to offer. And so many, like a tremendous role model, a family man. How do you not root for this guy? And so I'm happy and I'm happy that he's getting another crack at Izzy to write that wrong. And by the way, I'm just wondering, like based off the last three fights, based off the fact that he appears to be in a great spot mentally, happy, family in order, Life in order, personal life in order. Is there anything that 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 makes you feel like this second fight goes any different? Because let's be honest, it was very one-sided the first time around, yes. right? Well, it was, it was a one-sided fight the first time. But you got to remember all these factors mm-hmm. that play into what happened the first time. Um, he had been defending that belt and just having to show blood and guts and a warrior spirit through those Romero fights. Ten rounds with Romero. <laughs> With Romero, right? Who Luke Rockwood said feels like he's made of steel. Um, he had fought, who else did he fight in that title when he was the champion? He fought Romero twice. He fought. Uh, well, he was undefeated at 185 pounds, but as well, so like one of the fights um, at, at Middleweight wasn't a, uh, an official, you know. It was an interim title fight, right? Well, there, there was an interim title fight, but there was also um, a situation where Yoel Romero um, uh, didn't make weight. And it was him for the belt, Romero not for the belt. Yes. Yeah. Um, and that was it. As far as title fights, that was it. This two? Yes. And then he fought Ooh. Izzy. It felt like he had the belt forever. Yeah, at 180. No, at 185, he fought Clint Hester, Brad Tavares, Uriah Hall, Rafael Natal, Derek Brunson, Jacare. None of those were title fights. Then That's he gets the interim crazy. title fight against uh against Yoel. Then he gets the other supposed title fight, but it actually wasn't an official title fight against Romero. And that was it. He didn't get and then he lost to Izzy. But remember, he was supposed to fight Gaslam. Yeah, the pull out. You know, there was the stuff with Bisping that didn't come to fruition. But yeah, there was only two. It felt like he had the belt forever. But (laughs) with those fights with Romero, he went through the the meat grinder for to to win those matches. He got hurt bad in that one fight where he was about to get finished and somehow won the fifth round. And you alluded to his mental issues, right? Where he was burnt out and he felt like he just didn't want to do it anymore. The stresses of being the champion. Because every, when you're the champion, everything is questioned, right? When Robert Whitaker's having to pull out of a fight at the last minute, people are going, oh, this, 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 and the other. When reality is, he was struggling physically, probably was struggling up top mentally. When he had to pull out of that fight, all the questions that he had to hurt here probably played a part in some of the mental hurdles that he had to overcome. Then you got this young guy just blasting up through the rankings in Israel Asanya. So they're going in totally different directions the last time. This time, 
Is he the one coming off of a loss? Yes. He got put, he got stopped in his quest to become a double champion. He is now not undefeated anymore. He is not the guy that's just riding this wave all the way up to the top. And now Whitaker, it's this now, right? Yeah. It's, it's fascinating. It's the op opposite. So I think all those things factor into what this fight can look like uh, whenever they're matched up again. And also, Robert Whitaker looks like he's gotten better. And Jan Bohovich has shown, right? Jan Bohovich has shown a way in which you can fight Israel Asanya mm -hmm. and beat him. So, I mean, I think Whitaker can now take fractions of what Jan did and try to apply it to a fight with Adesanya because guess what? In the first fight, I felt like that was a fly. Okay. I felt like I don't want to bruise Buff for that. Remember Bruce Buff was all uh, uh, <laughs> but, I thought you were doing my, my dunk. No. Uh, the first fight I thought Whitaker's big mistake was he watched the Gaslam fight and he saw all the success Gaslam had with rushing Israel Adesanya and just pressuring him and I thought he tried to fight in that same way. But guess what? With a guy like Izzy, you get to do that once. You don't get to replicate that fight after fight. So he just picked him apart. It was all counters, right? Izzy got him with that left hook counter to finish him. Izzy got him with a left hook counter in the first round to drop him at the end of the round. So he was prepared for Robert to fight like Kelvin Gaslam did. Now Robert can try and fight a little bit like Jan but he's got a mix between the two because he's not as big as Bohovic is. I wonder if they, uh, they consider holding this in Australia and or New Zealand. Remember the first time they fought 55 or so thousand people. Uh, we all know that they're, they're dealing with the pandemic a little differently than we are. And they're in a much better spot. I mean, I see footage of like rugby matches and, and, and soccer slash football. And there's like 30,000 people there with no mask. It's pretty incredible. So I wonder it would be a challenge for the UFC and American based company to go over there. I get that, but man, there's a lot of money to be made. And it would be kind of a shame to have those guys fighting in America, considering how big of a deal it would be in uh, Oceania. And for Marvin Vittori, like, look, I would say to him, don't feel so bad. You are in the discussion. You want to yeah. be in the discussion. You're in the discussion. And I loved your right. Well, I, I, I was going to say, that, I love that idea. I love that idea of, of you those guys two get guys. One. Whoever wins gets the title fight. Vittori versus Brunson. Because, bro, you could be the biggest Marvin Vittori fan. And you have to realize that Robert Whitaker deserves the title fight. Because if, if I had to choose the Robert Whitaker that fought Saturday, Marvin would struggle with him. He just looks so good. I mean, the guy's just improving every time. Yeah. So I can't wait to see that fight. I saw a little back and forth between Izzy and uh, Whitaker. Actually, it wasn't Whitaker responded to it because he was asked, but Izzy was tweeting. So he was clearly watching. He even he uh, admitted that that Whitaker made him smile and laugh with his response to uh, his initial tweet saying, "Good job, my son." So this is good. We have clarity at 185. It's always great when a contender emerges. And you've got a bit of a queue forming as well. Hopefully we get Costa back and, and Darren Till at some point as well. And uh, I'm just really happy for Whitaker. The guy's just, I mean, who, who doesn't like, it's, 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 it's always weird to see Izzy talk smack about him. And I know there's like some weird friction, but it's like, he's so likable. And I don't know if Izzy's trying to, you know, convince himself. It's almost like Woodley and Wonderboy back in the day, right? Yeah. Like everyone was so, you know. Confused. Yeah. I was like, what, where is this coming from? But, you know, you do what Izzy you have to do. Well, maybe, maybe it's like, Izzy, you see something in him that no one else does. Right. It's like, 
Oh, but 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 ultimately, I believe that it's Izzy as a competitor trying to find something to latch on to to motivate himself a little further. Mm-hmm. I know they talk about as a champion, you don't need motivation. You do. If you love a guy, it's hard to get up and go. I want to, you know, everybody loves a guy. Well, find something that you don't like about him. It helps to do what you got to do. So it was a bit of a slow go on Saturday. A lot of decisions. Uh, shout out to the legend. Mr. House Taste, myself, uh, House Taste, my uh, DDD, uh, Mr. Andre Arlovsky, <laughs> uh, for continuing to win. This uh, dude, Andre Arlovsky, is ageless. He's ageless. Just out there through, throwing the same combination he's been throwing for 20 years, too. Like, he out there throwing the same combination, and dude's still getting hit by it. Like, come on, fellas, watch yeah. some footage. I mean, there, is, there are 35 fights of Andre Arlovsky fighting. And dare I say, dare I say, yes, Andre Arlovsky is doing the same thing he did back then. He has not changed much. He just is so good at what he does that he's landing on these dudes that are in their 20s, early By the way, That was his 53rd pro fight. His Throw 50- that same combination, too. <laughs> Throw that same combination. I'm like, come on. Uh, shout out to uh, Tracy Cortez, Luis Pena. With a big win as well. Uh, Jessica Pena returning after yeah. four years. Gerald Merchart, Austin got Hubbard. She got yeah. power bomb. That was crazy. But, it's like she was looking up at the girl like, what just happened? That's not supposed to happen. I know. It was Kevin Ash style. But we have to talk, before we move on to other things, we have to talk about a fight that didn't happen. On oh. Friday at the weigh-ins, Dracar Close and Jeremy Stevens were getting set to face off. They were supposed to fight in the co-main event on Saturday. They get pretty close. Now, Dracar is wearing a mask. I've asked people if he said anything to Jeremy. They all said no, but they did get very close. And we know that Jeremy is a fiery fellow, to, uh, to put it mildly. They get very close. Jeremy shoves him quite hard. Uh, Dracar goes out of the frame, was actually wearing slides, gets like pushed out of the slides. And everyone's like, oh, wow, look at this intense face-off slash push. Okay, great. Can't wait for the fight. Come to find out, start of the broadcast, they announced that the fight is off, that Drakkar Close has suffered an injury. This seemed a little bit strange to me. You know, we've heard about COVID issues at the last minute, but an injury, like what kind of injury? Was he training in uh, the hotel room or something? Reach out to his team. His team tells me that he suffered... A, a, a sprain of the cervical neck, and then which is essentially a, a whiplash and a concussion. Now he starts to get a ton of heat for this. They show me the actual diagnosis. They send it to me, the actual diagnosis. His team sends it to me. A cervical sprain of the neck and a concussion based off of the push was throwing up Saturday morning, all this stuff. And I get it. I mean, you tell me you're dehydrated. You're unsuspecting. You're standing face to face. You get pushed like that. That can mess you up, right? How do you feel about this whole situation? And do you think, as of right now, it's unresolved, but do you think there should be a punishment for pushing your opponent like this at the weigh-ins before a fight? Ooh, that's a lot to digest there, yeah. right? Um, first things first. I think the great champion, Al Jermaine Sterling, said it best. People don't understand the state in which you are after weighing. You're dehydrated. Your brain is in a fog. You can't really like see and respond in the way that you normally respond. When you cut all that weight, as you drink the fluids to, re- to recover, the fluids to rehydrate, 
your brain starts to get more clarity to it. Um, and I do believe that when he got pushed in that way, it can jar you and jar you in a way that normally wouldn't happen. I've seen guys on wrestling matches whenever you weigh in an hour before the match where they just don't seem like themselves because they've cut so much weight. I believe him. I believe Jakar Close was uh, hurt in that exchange. Sucks that it happened because it was set to be a really fun fight. But I don't believe people should be jumping down his kid's throat because mm. he wasn't able to fight. I believe he made a smart decision because, you know, that's why when there's car accidents, people kind of go, they whip like that and the neck's messed up, the brain's messed up. You can't, and he got pushed hard, man. You saw his whole body kind of go, go back as he got pushed. So I believe the kid. Um, but I know I don't want to see Jeremy Stevens fine because it's fighting and it's an intense situation. You start putting fines on stuff like that. Uh, it, 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 I mean, you don't want these guys like, you don't want them like caged, right? Like trying to keep themselves under control. Like I, no matter what you feel about a guy, you know, I've been in situations where I've had to deal with stuff like that before we've shoved each other and everything. So, but, but by the way, that was two months before you were supposed to fight. I know that fight didn't happen on uh, in September, you and Jones and stuff. But we're talking about the day before, like 24 hours before, and you're in that state that you're speaking of. Oh, sure. I still don't want – I still don't want – Nothing? That. No punishment whatsoever? I mean, you just get a little talking to, man, because reality is when guys are in each other's face and they're jawing and maybe there is a shove, that's when you get excited as a fan. So we don't want to start – you know, I don't know, man. It's hard because I don't want to start to – I don't want to start to like just make our the sport like like two, you know, we're pit bulls, right? We're right. pit bulls. Two pit bulls get next to each other. You want to get after that other pit bull. I don't want you being held up by your chain as yeah. you get walked out to the weigh-ins, right? I don't, I don't, I don't want, I don't want, I don't want that for my sport. I don't want that for mixed martial arts. I want guys in there like ready to kind of get at each other. Okay, so can I just add this? I agree with everything you said to a degree. Um, then the notion that Dracar Close went through an entire training camp, went through a weight cut, and then decided I'm not going to fight is absolutely absurd. Like people sure. are getting on this, this young man for that is absolutely absurd. By the way, as of right this moment, he doesn't know, I'm told from his team, he doesn't know if he's getting his win or even his show, which I think is unfair. He should at least get the show. I think he should get the win as well. Well, he made the weight, so he, he should get his show money. Right. And it was it was not his fault. Well, he just if you make if you make the weight, you usually get you know you showed yeah. up. Um, a lot of fighters were weighing in on this. Pardon the pun on 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 Saturday. Cub Swanson, one of them, you know, he he responded to uh, my thread and said that, you know, I asked him what he thought the penalty should be. He said a suspension after the fight, similar to PED punishment. Apparently, you think that's too harsh. There's got if you can't make the walk, there has to be some kind of repercussion let me ask you this because you were in the same situation be honest now mentally because it was sean shelby there it wasn't dana white like usual do guys feel a little more comfortable doing stuff like that when the boss isn't there in your situation is it feel it feels historically that guys act up when the boss isn't there and a lot of guys i think a lot of guys are a little bit more cautious but with certain guys it don't matter right like Cause we'll just ask him, like, I'm like, I'm just like, like, let me get in his face. Like, let me get in this. Cause he's always trying to like this. Right. Yeah. And I'm like, let me get in his face. 
But then when he got away from me and Jones that first time, he had to run his ass back. Sorry. He had to run back onto the stage because we got to join each other again. We probably would have started fighting. So Which first time? Um, at the press conference when me and Jones were standing there before the first fight, Dana, yeah. for some reason, like, walked That wasn't Dana. That was Dave Schaller. No. At that press conference, me and Jones got in a fight. But when Dana squared us off at, at the press conference the week of the fight, oh. he walked off stage. And then Jones and I went right back face to face. And he had to right. run back in there. To, we probably started fighting again. So, um, I, you know, even like, I think that, yes, at a point, people are a little bit more better behaved. But I don't think thoroughly it matters when it's that bad blood. If you think that Habib and Connor wouldn't have fought because Dana was up there, you're crazy. Or uh, Nate Diaz and those guys, they would have fought. They would have went at each other, you know, if they weren't just holding them back. Yeah, that, that's just a theory. Obviously, the bigger issue is the guy got hurt um, before a fight. I hope he feels better. That's scary stuff. A concussion based off a push. Uh, I, I just hate to see people questioning him and, and him feeling like he has to send or his team has to send, you know, the actual diagnosis from the hospital. To me, is crazy. And I hope he gets paid really at sucks. the very Man, least the show. Fighters, these fighters have to, they all have to do that, right? They're all defending their honor. It's crazy. The people that don't even really like, you know, they won't Idiots. step in there and do no. what these guys do. It's crazy. All right. Well, I hope he gets better soon. And uh, look, I'm not advocating for Jeremy Stevens to get cut or anything like that. I was just curious no. from a fighter uh, perspective. Did you agree with the Cub Swanson and others, Iman Zahabi as well, who were saying that uh, there should I be think some repercussion? That's a little bit much. Okay. It doesn't need to be that much. All right. Uh, in a matter of seconds, we are going to talk about UFC 261, which of course is the next pay-per-view. It happens this Saturday in Jacksonville. Capacity crowd back in Jacksonville a year after that string of events, which uh, came after the uh, the pause due to the pandemic. But first, passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. We should have addressed the uh, the elephant in the room at the very top, but uh, since we're about to talk about 261, number one, yes, I am wearing nail polish. This yeah, is courtesy. This is courtesy of my daughter Claire, <laughs> who usually gives me the kind that just like washes off after one time. This one is a more heavy duty kind, and so I'm still rocking it. And guess what? Proud to be rocking. You like it. I like it. I like it. It's a little annoying because I bite my nails and uh, it's like all. I mean, it's not exactly the best job, if I'm being honest. (laughs) Sometimes man, you got to just let your kids do whatever they want to your daughters. Hey, they're your babies. Claire is a fantastic uh, makeup gal. Yeah. yeah. Fantastic nail uh, doer of her own and a great TV personality. I mean, Claire is just next level. Mm -hmm. So when she says, I want to paint your nails, dad, it adds to it. And you're on SportsCenter yesterday. And I, I, I loved it. I love whatever. 
Stan Verrett's like looking at your hands. Like Michael Leaves. Michael Leaves. Mike, Michael Leaves. Sorry, Michael's looking at your hands, passing purple. And he's like, I was going to ask you. Yeah. <laughs> you have to tell him that Claire got you. Now, the other elephant that we must address is what's going on with the voice. I mean, I'm a little nervous here. We're five days out and we're struggling. I mean, we're calling a pay-per-view, three title fights. What is going on here, DC? Okay, so last week I went to Wisconsin. I'm sorry. I went to uh, South Dakota for a wrestling tournament with my team. And we had 11, well, one, two. We had 10 and a half matches in two days. So a lot of yelling was in a... was involved and so wow are we worried well it's my voice from i'm not i'm not training the coach anymore so we had we had eight match six we went six and one on the first day we got third and then on the second day we won four matches we lost one and then we were wrestling another match and it was some iffy refereeing if i should say okay and uh a situation happened where um, some bad calls were made. I tried to ask for help in terms of the officiating. They tried. More bad calls were made. I got frustrated. I took my team and I left in the middle of the match. So what do you mean? I don't want to be a sore loser. What do you mean? Bro, it was bad. It was you, bad. you walked out in protest? It was bad. The referees didn't know what they were doing. So... I went to my guy. One of my kids is wrestling. Very important match for the kid. And I don't even know what happened for the score to change at the end of the match. And the dude just like won't listen to me. I got a one dude is supposed to be watching to help. There's two officials. The second official is supposed to be watching to help in case I want to question the call. He's on his dang cell phone. Oh. So, so when I go to question, they don't want to learn it, hear anything, right? So my kid Jaden Gomez is wrestling. They kind of got him. Henry about, Henry's about to walk on the mat, this kid, Henry Porter. And I told, after Jaden's match, I said to all the kids, I go, get your stuff, we're leaving. <laughs> they said, what, coach? Like, what? I said, get your stuff, we're leaving. We're not anybody's punching bag. We're not traveling across the country for these guys and the officials not to know what they're doing. And wow. the guy that runs the tournament, beautiful man. I love the guy. Showed me so much respect. The guys just didn't understand the style of wrestling, and they just messed up. So I took my team and I left. That's John Thompson esque, right John there. John Thompson, dog. That is John, John Thompson esque. Like I took my team and I left, dog. I had to make. I will not accept my team. Gilroy High School is not the punching bag of the country. We are not any less than anybody. Whenever we go somewhere, we want to be treated fairly. So yeah, old coach grabbed the stuff and left, dog. The kid, everybody, hey, I'm glad Duran wasn't there because he might be flipping everybody off as we left the building. Uh. Like I thought you were gonna say. Yeah. I thought you were gonna say Duran would be the one dissenter and tell you all to stay. He's just a little. You know, you know he did. He's done that before. <laughs> done that before. Duran has done that before. Whenever I've been mad about the officiating, he's like, "DC, we gotta let the kids compete." I uh, promise. <laughs> I do you know, it. Like he would be the one pressing me to do the bad behavior, but it's usually me. Whenever the officiating is too bad, I get wow. pissed off. And that, by the way subconsciously that's why i didn't mention that today's national north dakota day i didn't want to rub salt even though i didn't know that story uh i didn't want to was in south dakota but for the record the guy the guy that runs that tournament terry pack beautiful man uh controversy i had no idea okay the kids were all like wait what they couldn't believe what was happening i hope uh i hope the situation gets rectified to get better officials and for our purposes i hope your voice gets better 
Uh, but let's keep uh, damaging that voice and continue to talk. Yes, yes I'm sorry. I, I went off on a tangent. There. Uh, listen, the tangents are, are what I live for. I love the tangents. Um, all right, 261, Usman Masvidal 2, Walter White title. Uh, uh, Zhang Weili returning 13 and a half months after her fight of the year against Joanny and Jacek against Rose Namunas. Fantastic fight at 15 pounds. Valentina Shevchenko against the former champ. Jessica Andrade for the 125-pound title. Oh, by the way, Chris Weidman versus Uriah Hall, too. Fight that happened 10 years ago in the regional scene. Oh, by the way, Jimmy Crute, rising star against Anthony Smith. I mean, something for everyone. Fantastic card. But let's start with the main event. We saw this fight in July. Masvidal took it on a week's notice. Usman essentially took it on a week's notice, although Usman was preparing for Gilbert Burns on that date. Masvidal cuts a ton of weight. It was never really close. Five rounds to none. This time around, he gets it a month and a half out. So not your typical normal training camp, but long enough. But long enough. Let's not long enough. Yes, yeah, so I'm just saying. I really don't even want to introduce that into the. the listen, the, I'm just telling the facts. I don't want to introduce that. I know. I'm not saying that you're a, a Kamaru's one hater. No. I don't want to introduce. I don't want to introduce this. Well, it was only six weeks. I'm just oh, saying. I know. I don't want to introduce this into the story. Okay. Because All I'm asking. Like, I feel like the because I feel like the reason we're here today is because of the short notice of the fight. Yes. That's why we're even here today, is because the fight was taken on short notice. So let's not introduce short notice okay. into the fight again when there's been a six-week training camp. You are right. It's an easy fight to sell because the last one happened on seven days. So you say, all right, full training camp. Okay, okay. Calm down. I'm just, I'm, just, <laughs> I'm just putting out the facts. Them's the facts. Facts, as Drake would say. Do you feel... Like there is any scenario in which this fight ends up differently than the first one. And if so, what does Masvidal have to do, especially early on, to, to change the script, if you will? Listen, Jorge Masvidal can defend takedowns. Usman will never be able to just take him down as easily as he does some other guys. What I, if you're Team Masvidal, what I hope you've worked on is managing the clinch better. Because that's where he struggled. He didn't get taken down a whole bunch of times last time. He just could not get Usman off of him. And Usman's big. He's physical. He has a real understanding of the clinch. So I believe that he should have gotten with Steve Mako, worked with his coaches to try to improve in that area of wrestling. A lot of people think wrestling is just taking him down, him getting up. It's not just that. Wrestling involving the clinch. Wrestling involving the front headlock positions when you're about to take the back. There are so many different areas that I know that Steve understands and they can get him the help that he needs. Uh, I believe that he'll be better, but I do believe that Usman will be a lot better. Usman took the fight on short notice. Gilbert Burns and Jorge Masvidal are completely different fighters, right? With Gilbert Burns, you think you're going to be taking a, a grappler. You're going to be fighting a grappler. So Usman had to probably prepare a lot wrestling. But instead, he got a striker and a great striker at that in Masvidal. So him and Trevor Whitman having the time to prepare will allow for him to be even better. I think that we're going to see a much better fight between these two. Is George good enough to close the gap? I don't know. It's a, it's a tall hill to climb, man. Usman is as good as they come. And Masvidal is going to have to fight the absolute perfect fight in order to beat him. But if anybody has that ability, it's Jorge Masvidal. Worth noting that I, uh, I spoke to Masvidal's team. They told me on Saturday he was about seven or eight pounds 
you know, over the limit easy, right? I mean, like some 178, 177 and a half. I don't remember the exact number. And and why is that worth noting? Because obviously the weight cut the first time around was a massive, massive ordeal, 30 or so pounds. So just aside, going back to your previous point about like six weeks now, there's, they are not, they are not using any excuses. They have never said to me, ah, we wish we had more time. They're actually very, very confident. Not everyone's always confident, but I was told that they are extremely confident going into this. Go ahead. One quick point on that. Yeah. No. Masvidal's smaller today, right? Mm-hmm. So the weight cut will be easier. Mm-hmm. But when you diet down to a certain weight, when you train at a certain weight, your body will only allow you to get back to that weight, right? Because it's going to take a couple of weeks for you to push through the barrier. So if you're waking up every morning 178, 180 on fight night, you're going to be 178, 180. Mm-hmm. So when Jorge Masvidal cut 30 pounds in seven days, his body wasn't used to being that light. Mm. So whatever he ate, whatever he drank, he put it back in. So in theory, he was bigger in that first fight than he will be in this fight. Size would seem to be an advantage in the clinch. So in the position that he struggled the most, he's going to be smaller in that position against Kamara Usman. So now his technique in that position needs to be even better. So if he was 170 on weigh-in day in Abu Dhabi and he had cut all that weight, he might have been 190 pounds going into the octagon. If he's training now, waking up at 180, he'll weigh 180, 182. He'll be lighter going into the fight this time. So his technique is going to have to be even better because, trust me, Usman's going back to that clinch Mm, because why wouldn't he when he had so much success in it on the first time? Here's what I wonder from a, a mental standpoint. I think he knew, hey, throw caution to the wind, seven days. This is all gravy. I shouldn't even be here. I think this time he knows 18 years in the game, he has talked openly about how much this title means to him. I think in the back of his mind, even though he doesn't want to necessarily admit it, this is his last chance. As yes. long as Kamar Usman is champion, he won't get a third crack at him, especially if it's not a close fight. 18 years in the game, you don't get many more chances after this. I think he has a sense of urgency. I, I would like to think that that will mean we'll get the best version of him. The big question is, is the best version of Jorge Masvidal good enough to beat the best version of Kamaru Usman? You know what's crazy about Masvidal? And I think that they're, the hat, they, they should have a lot of credit be given to him and his team. They've done a fantastic job of putting this man in positions to make a ton of money. Mm-hmm. There's popularity to skyrise and to manage and keep his fights by sitting and waiting and not going and fighting Colby Covington, who, in my opinion, is the second best welterweight in the world to Kamaru Usman. You don't run the risk of not winning that fight and then losing the second Usman fight. So they've managed to keep those fights, right? Because even if he is to lose this weekend to Usman, he can always fight Colby as the former friends type of storyline. It doesn't change. So I think that they've done a great job of making sure that he has all of his fights in place. Because if he wins this weekend, him and Colby for the belt is even bigger, right? Mm-hmm. So a big fight will stay big or get bigger regardless of the outcome this weekend. Masvidal and those guys have done a great job of doing all that. But I'm telling you, man, Kamara Usman is so good. And he is oh. going to be better this time than he was last time because he can pre- prepare specifically with Trevor for Jorge Masvidal. So in those areas where it looked like he would kind of duck his head to go clinch Masvidal because Masvidal was throwing so much heat at him. 
This time he'll be much more patient in the face of that because he has seen it once and he's prepared for that specific approach of Jorge. I can't wait for this fight. This fight is going to be fantastic. And, um, man, somebody's going to be a massive star after next weekend. I've seen it happen. Mm-hmm. I've seen it happen. When you fight a guy like Jorge Masvidal, if Usman can fight in the way that he did Gilbert Burns, his star will explode. But if Masvidal gets that belt, for as popular as he is right now, I mean, there will be no denying how much of a mass, massive celebrity he is. He's got it all, man. He's got the look. He's got the personality. Um, it's a big spot for both of these guys. Before they decided to hold this event in Jacksonville, when it was going to be in Las Vegas, this was supposed to be a two-title fight card. And then they added Masvidal Usman. You know, obviously, big fight helps sell tickets. And I got to say, I love this card with those two title fights. The original plan was Zhang Wei Li versus Rose Nami Yunus and Valentina Shevchenko versus Jessica Andrade. I adore both those fights. I can't wait to see both those fights. I didn't need the cherry on top and we got the cherry on top. Great. So now everyone's happy. Let me ask you, those two women's title fights, which one interests you more? Because I don't think there's a right answer here. Finally, we're getting Valentina Shevchenko in what we believe is a you know legitimate competitive fight at 125 against former 115 champion Jessica Andrade, who looked great moving up. And we're getting Zhang and Rose, who seem to be very closely matched. There's some bad blood there. I mean, like, I don't know what the answer is here. What's your answer? Mine is uh, Zhang Weili and Rose Namajunas. I-, I love Valentina. I think she is fantastic. I think she is the second best female fighter in the world behind Amanda Nunes. Mm-hmm. But Zhang Weili, man, she's just a cool chick. Like, she's cool, right? Like, people like Zhang Weili. People think that, she- and she's she's tough. She's durable. She showed so much heart in beating. Uh, Yoani on Jacek, she's so skilled and she kind of has that it to her, right? Zhang Weili looks like a person that you want to watch fight, but Rose Namajunas also has that same thing. Mm-hmm. And now you start to add in the uh, the words that Rose used to defend the situation that her family escaped from in regards to Yang, Zhang Weili. Um, the bad blood that's going to come from that. Rose Namajunas and the way that she approaches her stare downs. Um, this is the fight for me in terms of storyline. But when you look at skills, this is a, I mean, this fight has the potential to look like Zhang Weili versus Joanna Young Jacek. Because not better. Savages, if yeah. not better. Right. Because Rose Namajunas is fantastic. And now she has that burning desire again to be the champion. Remember when she was the champion, she lost the belt. She was like, ah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. It was She's like mentally broken. Off, yeah. Right. The burden's gone. Now she's like, I want this. I know now after not having this anymore, how much I want this. And for Zhang Weili, she is the face of a nation, a fighting nation in terms of the first champion to break through from China. And we know what type of athletes they have in China. You you see it in the Olympic Games. For decades, it was the United States. It was Russia at the top of the medal chart. Canada was somewhere down there with Jamaica. Wow. Um, okay. I'm, I'm just, just relax. Just relax. Come my on. Point. Canada was Come back on. there, you know, one gold medal, maybe a couple bronzes. It was the United States. It was Russia. Now it's the United States. It's China. Mm. And then you start to get to Russia and everybody else. So the Chinese, China as a nation has exploded athletically. And Zhang Weili has broken through in this field of fighting. So it's massive, man, that she... Um, is the champion of the UFC. 
Skill-wise, I don't know if there is a fighter when they are on that I enjoy watching more than Rose, especially her striking. First, like her last two fights, and I know they were far apart, but the Andrade fights, those first rounds, when she is like humming out there, I mean, the footwork, the head movement, the jab, it is a beautiful thing. And then you couple that with Zhang, who I adore watching as well and gave us a fight of the year the last time she fought in March of 2020. It's just a phenomenal matchup. I am very intrigued in Valentina versus Andrade. I want to see if Andrade can maybe try to build on some of the things that Jennifer Maya did. I think Andrade is a better fighter than Jennifer Maya. The whole thing is great. This Saturday, UFC 261, Jacksonville, Vistar, Veteran Memorial Arena. We're back. How about the UFC paying back Vistar, right? Vistar yeah. took a chance on him last May. Okay, yeah. they pay you back with a massive fight card. I can't. Tachi Palace out there saying, when are we getting some love as well? You Tachi know, Palace, man, they should have just <laughs> held the fight. Tachi <laughs> Palace would have held the fight. They would be getting this fight card. All right. Of course, a lot going on. Uh, Dustin versus Connor, officially official for July 10th in uh, in uh, in Las Vegas. T-Mobile sold out in minutes. We found out Jan Bachovic versus Glover Teixeira is going down. Uh, we found out that Amanda Nunes and Juliana Pena are actually going to fight in September. But after this ad read. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Yeah, I know. Yeah, at some point, like, come on, man. Like, it's not that hard. TST's gone. I I mean, I don't understand, man. You're just getting the people like, come on, dog. They know what, you know, they know what sell the units, what moves the units, as they say in the business. Okay, so Atlanta, Georgia, Mercedes-Benz Stadium, Jake Paul (laughs) against Funky Ben. Last week, you spoke to him. You broke through the camera. You spoke to your former Olympic teammate. You said, Ben, you're representing us. Show him what you got. Use your wrestling. Play a little dirty. Do your thing. Unfortunately. 159 of the first round, Goodness, you know, a a right hand from hell knocks him (laughs) down. Jake Paul defeated Ben Askren. You were weighing in. Everyone was weighing in. It it was the talk of the uh, combat sports world. It was talk of the sports and entertainment world. Here we are two days removed. And I'm just going to ask a simple question, a simple question. And it's a complex one. And I know you could go in a million different directions. How do you feel about what happened Saturday night as Jake Paul, the YouTuber, knocked out one of the greatest Khalees of all time, one of the greatest American sportsmen of all time. This is the problem with what happened last weekend because (laughs) all of those superlatives are true, right? Ben was one of the better wrestlers that we've had. He's one of the better United States. I mean, there are so many things to one FC champion, Bellator champion. There are so many things to describe Ben Ashton. The one thing he isn't is a boxer, and we all knew that. But I mean... What a spectacle. I mean, what a spectacle on Saturday night. I mean, which I mean, which part? Are you talking about Ben's the physique? Whole entire Are you thing talking about the whole thing from Pete Davidson interviewing to the YouTube people to the, the, the TikTok stars to the drugs on TV to to the robot to Justin Bieber singing? 
to all the concerts, it was a 10-hour pay-per-view. It was a 10-hour pay-per-view with all the concerts and everything included. But, I mean, when you get to Frank Mir fighting against Steve Cunningham, Regis Prograce, I mean, a tr- they mixed a, a real boxing match in between all that. Between, between which Cunningham ended in controversy, Mir, by the way. Which ended in controversy. Yeah. That dude, people want to talk about Al Jermaine Sterling. Is, is, I mean, come on. This dude. They're, 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 this dude was acting. But they mixed in a real fight between these two fights. Let's get to Ben. Let's get to Ben. First off, Snoop pops so hard when Ben comes out to Parliament. Gotta yeah. have the fuck. Snoop pops, right? Snoop's the man. Poor Mario Lopez tried to keep everybody on task. At what point does Al Bernstein go, how in the world? <laughs> At what point did Al Bernstein ask? When did he ask? When do you think Al asked, like, how in the world did I get here from where I was? Ben comes out. Paul comes out. They're standing. Ben, for the first time, looks nervous. You thought so? For the first time, Ben looks nervous. In the build-up to this whole thing, Ben never looked nervous. For the first time, he looks nervous. The kid goes out. The kid starts to jab Ben to the body. Mm -hmm. Ben square. Snoop says at one point Ben has a 1940 style of fighting. Yes. <laughs> hey, that's ben not bad. Ben that 1940s style. You better mix it up. Ben lands a nasty overhand right. I'm like, okay, Ben, okay. But then Ben is like not pressing him at all. This kid then throws the jab to the body, overhand right, drops Ben bad. I was actually okay with the stoppage because Ben would have got like really knocked out bad if yeah. they would let him keep going. But before you continue, can I just say, no. utterly ridiculous to to claim that that was rigged, ben got hit right? Bad. Ben got punched so bad. Dog. There are so many angles of this thing. <laughs> he got punched with a right hand, and he <laughs> fell down to. When he gets up, he's like stammering. Like the idea, you know, you know who are the people who claim fights are rigged? The people who have never been punched. And I know yes. people will be like, Ariel, I've been punched enough to know, and I've been around I you guys you. to know. But now you for sure punch you. But come on, rigged? That dude is not falling like that if it's rigged. I'm sorry. No one's that good of an actor. And Jake Paul's like 6'2". He's a big dude. He hit him hard, man. Happy with the stoppage. But let's get to this, right? Jake Paul is throwing one of the most basic combinations in all of boxing. He throws the jab to the body, and he throws the overhand right. right. He does it over and over again. I think he dropped Nate Robinson with it early in the fight. It's just a jab to the body. He starts hitting them to the body to try to get them to drop their hands. And he goes jab to the body, overhand right. And because these guys are so green in boxing, they get hit with this shot over and over again. A real boxer or a real competitor that has been at the highest levels and have boxed, Ben spent the vast majority of his time grappling, in fighting. Remember when he stood with Robbie Lawler, how bad Robbie Lawler beat the crap out of him? Mm-hmm. Robbie beat him to sleep and then woke him up by beating on Ben. Mm-hmm. Ben's just so tough that he doesn't quit on himself. Anyone that's seen boxing, anyone that spent time sparring hard boxing, is not just getting flatlined with a jab to the body and overhand right. You've seen it too many times. You just kind of roll the shoulder. They try to reach. They always try to bring their hands down to block that punch, that jab. All you got to do is just turn a little bit to let the jab hit the elbow. You don't want to try to reach down to touch the jab because the overhand right's coming. So it's time to stop calling this kid a YouTuber, though. 
because the kid has the understanding and fundamentals of boxing. But are they high-level fundamentals? No. But he does understand. And if he continues to, and if he continues to fight guys like this, he will continue to look as he's looked. But the moment he fights somebody that has a better understanding of boxing, of the sweet science, that combination isn't going to land as effectively. And even if it does, he's not going to just be putting these dudes out because guys are going to start rolling with the punch. They're going to stop reacting so bad to the jab, to the body. There's just a lot of different things you can do to combat that. So I have so much to say about this. Number one, let me just say that the notion, you know, I see a lot of people being like, I can't believe Ben lost. Ben was retired mentally and physically. Ben had hip surgery in August, seven months ago. The guy was done. He didn't go out looking for this fight. And so when I hear people say this fight was rigged, when I hear people say it was fake and all that stuff, this fight was not rigged. That was a legitimate punch. That was a legitimate knockout. But you know what you can say, DC? You could say that it was rigged when they picked Ben Askren. They knew exactly what they were doing. Jake Paul literally has every fighter slash personality on the planet calling him out, right? He could pick anyone. They plucked the dude who was retired, who just had hip replacement surgery, who, oh, by the way, was never a good striker to begin with and said, we want that guy. There's a reason they wanted that guy because they knew that this was going to happen. And we knew that this was going to happen. Anyone that has seen... Ben's career or knew the state of Ben's career, knew that this was going to happen. And anyone who's being honest with themselves and knows that Jake has fundamental skills, knows that he can actually beat up someone like this or a Nate Robinson or that other YouTube guy. So that's the only thing that was quote unquote rigged about any of this. They picked it. And guess what? We live in a world DC where MMA fighters signed with a promoter, whether it's the UFC, Bellator, one championship PFL. And in large part, the promoter tells them, here's your next assignment. This guy is his own promoter. So he is going to keep doing this. I see smart people saying like, when are you going to fight a real guy? Why should he fight? He, he just did over a million pay-per-views. He's picking and choosing all this. The other brilliant thing that he is doing, DC, and this is not me like stumping for him or simping for him. This is telling it like it is and not getting so emotional like some of you crazies online. The other thing that he's doing that's brilliant is he's turned this into Jake Paul versus MMA. He is going after everything. Who's the first guy he called out? Nathan Diaz. Who's he Who's he calling out? You. He's saying, and we'll, we'll let you respond to that. But it's very smart because why? The MMA fans get worked up. The fighters get worked up. The media covers him more than the boxing media. He has realized, oh, I could actually learn how to box better than these guys. And I can actually turn this into me versus MMA. And I'm going to make a boatload of money. So he is laughing all the way to the bank. And we are all feeding into it. But at the end of the day, let's break it down like this. This young man has skills and he's a very good self-promoter. He knows exactly what he is doing and it is working. And that's it. He picked a guy who couldn't fight anymore, who was done, who was broken. And unfortunately, oh, by the way, 20 pounds heavier, DC, than, than Ben usually fights. So that kind of probably gave him a chance to you know take his foot off the gas. He was never really in tip-top shape. He's especially not in tip-top shape at 190 pounds. This was tailor-made for a beatdown like this. Now the big question is, where does he go from here? Guess what? He ain't doing much better than Ben Askren. I can assure you of that. Why should he? He's winning. He's making money. He's getting more famous. Why should he fight someone who is 20 and 0? He's not going to do it. There's no way. Stop believing it. Stop asking for it. He won't. You know, and, and Ben struggled. And you're right. The kid has fundamentals. He understands boxing. And he can continue to pick and choose. Look, man, this dude is, 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 is he's smart in regards to how he's approaching this. 
here's the thing. Here's where I, I, I spoke about it. I didn't like the way the guy was talking about Tyron Woodley. So tell the people what happened. Tell the people what happened. Tyron was in there checking the gloves, right? Because that's what people do in boxing, in mixed martial arts. Your coach can go watch. They wrap the hands. They can go check the gloves, especially in boxing. This guy starts talking to Tyron about, you don't know nothing about these gloves, but why? Tyron's just there to check out the gloves. Watch Jake get his hands wrapped. Tyron's a world champion. Tyron knows how to box. I understand this kid box, right? And this kid said, I'm signed to Al Heyman. But is he still signed to Al Heyman? Maybe he was, but he's lost fights. In boxing, you don't really get to lose three fights unless you're Manny Pacquiao, Juan Manuel Marquez, those types of guys. A guy named Jay Leon Love doesn't get to lose three fights and keep his contract. He doesn't have the value that would make people rush to still watch him fight once he started losing. But the way he was talking to Tyron is if Tyron wasn't on his level was very upsetting. So that's what I said, right? So then them dudes come at me. But the reality is this, and I learned this from, from a lot of people that I, 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 I spend time with you, per se. There's a guy calling you out constantly, but you never respond to him. I'm not going to do that because you don't punch down. I'm not going to punch down and fight a guy that's on YouTube. It's stupid. I fought for world titles my whole life. Why would you start to punch down at a guy that's trying to, I, I don't even know, this dude would not, this dude would never fight me. I would kill him. It's like, why would I ever fight someone like that? But my immediate reaction was, I can't stand this kid. You know what I'm saying? So like, it works. It's like, I can't stand this kid. But who punches down? You don't punch down to somebody. You know, I'm the guy that's in the Hall of Fame. I'm the guy that won two world championships at the same time. I'm not going to punch down to some kid on YouTube. That's like, fight me. Like, why? What have you done to earn the right to fight me? So, no, it's silly and stupid. But I would like him to fight Tyron. I would like to see him fight somebody more real. Don't fight Ben Askren at 190 bloated. Fight a middleweight. Fight Luke Rockhold. Fight Luke Rockhold. Let me see you fight Luke Rockhold or somebody like that. And then I will not only say that you have base skills, I will say you're a real fighter because right now it's all pretend. It's all pretend. So here's the thing. There, there's like this, um, there's this buzzword in, in society these days where people like to say this industry, this company, this platform, they are disruptors, right? We are disrupting, right? Jake Paul is disrupting the boxing business. He's disrupting the combat sports business and no different, you know, I don't think anyone with a with a brain and who understands fighting is 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 silly enough to compare him to Terence Crawford, to compare him yeah. to Canelo, to compare him to Errol Spence, to compare him to Tyson Fury. No one is is saying this. No one is saying this by giving him props as a three and O boxer with no amateur history or anything like that is not saying that he's on the level of these guys. But he is going through a training camp. He knows how to throw a one two. He yeah, knows how to. And he's also got money. So he doesn't, have, the dude has made a lot of money doing what he does. So he can just train. He doesn't have to worry about anything sure. outside of training. He can hire nutritionists. He can get the best coaches. He can get all those things that we can get as world champions. 
And there's a lot of jealousy out there. And a lot of MMA fighters are jealous because they're like, look at the money, look at the fame, look at the notoriety, look at all this stuff. And I'm here, you know, struggling to make 10 and 10. So I get why people are upset and why they're all forming a queue to fight this guy. What I wanted to say was when you call him a boxer, when you say that he's a boxer, you're not demeaning boxers or boxing. It's the same way as saying like, oh, Ninja is a broadcaster because he goes out and puts himself on YouTube and makes a boatload of money. But I'm not saying he's on the level of freaking, you know, Dan Rather. You get what I'm saying? But this is the world that we live in. People who have social media followings, people who are connecting with young kids are out there getting famous and making money. So, hey, more props to you. Do your thing. To me, the more interesting thing is, all right, he's clearly successful. This is working. There's an appetite. I get more people hitting me up about this than I do any MMA fight all weekend long. People ask me who's going to win. Now the question is, where does he go? Does he continue to fight these guys or does he fight? You know, the one I threw out yesterday, I don't know how much you know of him. Tommy Fury. Tommy Fury is Tyson's younger brother. He's only five and oh, He's 21, 22. He's a reality show star. He became famous on a reality show, but he's got a look, a physique. He's got a social media following. To me, that would be fun. But again, Jake's not, Jake's looking for the, he's looking for BJ Penn. Jake he's Paul, looking guys that are calling out Jake Paul. Don't be surprised if it's BJ Penn, Phil Baroni. I mean, Mike Perry, if he wasn't in New York. He's doing this. He's, he's doing this. One of those guys. That's why for me, like, I was kind of like, wow. I was like, oh, this guy wants to fight me. Like, that's crazy. But at the end of the day, he said he wanted to fight Michael Bisping too. He was never going to fight Michael Bisping. Michael Bisping's going to beat Jake Paul if they fight. There's no way he beats a Michael Bisping. So um, it'll be one of those guys like BJ Penn. And, and I don't even want it to be like I'm crapping on the kid. I'm not crapping on the kid. The kid did something good last week, and he knocked out Ben. He put on that show himself. But to come at a guy like me is, is, is crazy. No, no, no. It's absolutely crazy. But look what he's doing. He's trying. He, he is punching up. You don't want to punch down. I get it. That's what he's doing. He's going for the big names. He is punching up. Uh, my main he's point is people. Conor Conor McGregor. Conor's small. He's calling out Conor. Conor's tiny. Nate, Nate small. Why are you calling out these dudes at 170 pounders? If Nate is to fight him and Nate gets big to 190, that's not Nate Diaz at his best. Mm-hmm. Conor at 180 pounds is not going to be Conor at his best. Mm-hmm. He needs to be fighting a middleweight. Well, I think those guys beat him, even if they meet, even, you know, I think Ben made a mistake by weighing in at 190. He should have just weighed in at 170. I think Connor weighing in at 170, him weighing in at 185, 190, he'll still beat him. But this isn't going away. He's big, though. He's 6'2". Connor's not, Connor's too small. Nate, Nate, they're too short. He wants those guys that he can just kind of pick apart from the outside. I think he should fight middleweights. Why not let him fight Luke Rocco? Let but isn't it amazing that we're talking MMA fighters this whole time? We're not. Yeah. And, and I know we're not as big into boxing, but I'm just saying like this model that he has figured out and people get confused. They think because me too. I know because for me, I want an MMA fighter to go get him. I know. I know. That's well, that, that's, this is what I'm saying. It's become yeah. MMA versus this guy, yeah, right? He, he is. He, he, he's done it. It. he created this, but for us that love the sport, we're like, no, if Ben was the first guy to go represent us as a sport, we need to send somebody real now to get him. We need yeah. to send somebody real. We need to, as Dana, when I see Dana this weekend, I'll be like, hey, man, let's send a guy over there. Let's send somebody real. And it will make a boatload of money. It will do better than any pay-per-view out there because yeah. he has been able to connect let's with people. Do, let's go get some, put, let's send somebody real out there for this dude. But guess it what? Don't even have to be, it don't even have to be Paulo Costa or one of them dudes <laughs> there in the top five. 
let's just send him somebody on the fringe of the top 20 and see how real he is. You know what's the most amazing thing about this, DC? This blueprint, this playbook has been played before. Everyone tuned in towards the end of Mayweather's career to try and see him lose. Now, Mayweather obviously way more accomplished, but he has turned himself into the ultimate bad boy, the ultimate heel, and everyone is watching to see him get his ass whooped. And he is picking opponents because he's able to do it uh, to, to, to quote unquote rig the fight. And so it's an amazing thing to watch unfold. People get so, DC, I got more hate on Saturday for even talking about this fight. People are like, oh, you're not watching. This, this is a, as, as, as someone who adores combat sports, I'm not looking at this emotionally like everyone else. It's a fascinating thing to watch unfold. And I do think there are lessons to be learned from a lot of other uh, promoters as well to see this kid emerge, take the training seriously, but then also pick and choose and pluck these people who have no business. And oh, by the way, let me just say one last thing if I can, because I feel like I could talk about this for 45 minutes. One last thing. You can't claim that he is not a boxer and then claim that he is going to get someone hurt by picking these guys. It's one or the other. The kid's a, the kid's a boxer. He's not just a YouTube guy anymore. Right. He knows how to box enough to uh, beat the guys that he's fighting. But he's no Errol Spence. He's no T-Bud. He's no Canelo. He's none of those dudes. He's not Javante Davis. He's not Ryan Garcia. He's none of those dudes. He's none of the best. But he does have enough skill to beat certain guys in the world. And um, if you're not careful, you'll be looking at a Jake Paul that's 5-6-0 and yes. proclaiming to be the pom- pom best fighter. Oh, it's coming. And then it's he'll com- never fight anyone to prove him wrong. So I think we need to stop this soon <laughs> before this dude gets too much momentum going. Well, just let the record show. I came to your defense. I I, I clap back uh, as I have continuously. Always. I mean, you don't for me, but it's okay. I, I will do. I, I will protect you until the end. And uh, you know, I told them, you know, the tone needs to come. We're at a ten right now. I know you're feeling yourself, but we need to come down. You know, put some respect on my name, son. What is going on? <laughs> Crazy. So uh, hopefully we'll be talking to uh, Ben soon and, and getting a sense. And, you know, one thing about Ben, he handles these situations very, very well. I know people were upset that he was smiling. I love, ben, man. I love ben. He's my boy. You know, Ben puts himself in some situations that not many people would. You know, there's a lot of value in Ben Askren's name. I just don't want people to continue to try to take advantage of that because he's such a competitor. He thinks he can win in anything. But I think now it's time for Ben to sit back and Really, you know, honor the value and all the work that he's put in and not allowing people to use him as a stepping stone because he went out there and got teched by Jordan Burroughs in less than a minute. He didn't need to do that. He went out there and got beat up by this Jake Paul. He didn't need to do that, you know? So there's a lot of value in Ben's name. Let's not let people use his name to uh, uplift themselves. Amen. Two-time Dan Hodge, trophy winner, Olympian, Missouri legend, one championship legend bellator legend so uh people forget but uh i think of the mma world his his legacy is still very much intact all right we're out of time dc we're out of time oh hey uh real quick before we go um congrats on your knicks that was okay. awesome i mean nice they are rocking and rolling very right nice now. of you six in a row as nice we're living you. as we're living in the garbage can you guys are well on your way to making the playoffs didn't want to congratulations bring my man it's time to put julius randall mm. You know, in the conversation, you mm. told me a couple of days ago, Tom Thibodeau mm. is the coach of the year. Mm. And for the first time in a long time, mm. those are real facts about the New York Knicks. So hats well, off oh, that's very nice. Nation. Hats off nice. to you in Knicks Nation. It's very nice. You know, Vegas had them listed as a 22 and a half 
uh, for, for wins before the season, I went out there and predicted over 30 and we're 14 games left in the schedule. So listen, a lot of people like to say, Ariel, stick to what you know, guess what? I know a thing or two about round ball. You know what I'm saying? I know a thing or two about hoops, my man. I know a thing or two about hoops. All right. I don't want corporate Jake's head to explode. Uh, they've been trying to wrap us for the last three minutes here. So without further ado, we shall say goodbye. Thank you to our sponsors. DC, enjoy the hall of fame, my man. I wish I could be there. I wish I could be there. There's nothing I would rather do tomorrow than attend this event. Unfortunately, the invitation never came in the mail. So I'm sitting at home like I've missed everything over the past year. Thanks, everyone. Enjoy UFC 261. We'll talk to you back next week. Same time and place. Until then, we say peace. We're out of here. <laughs>